Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. When our six children were smaller, peaceful is not a word I would have used to describe our house. Those kids could squabble over the smallest things, and my wife and I were referees, it seemed, 24-7. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He directs our parenting and youth team here at Focus on the Family and Danny. Ours is not the only family where siblings get under each other's skin and really make uh, conflict inevitable. This seems to be a part of life, right? It is, John. Oh, thank you. In, <laughs> I feel better. In, in fact, uh, researchers have found that it's one sibling conflict every 10 minutes uh, in the average family. I believe it. And uh, yeah, there are different personalities at play. There are different ages, different opinions. And it, it presents great opportunities for us as parents to be able to practice the fruits of the Spirit, first of all. But then second is to teach our kids how to navigate differences, differences of opinion. And man, what a, what a great opportunity, right, that we get as parents to help our kids learn how to handle conflict. And it begins in the home. I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and hear now as Focus President Jim Daly and Kim Troby talked with Courtney DeFeo who shared some fun ways to help your kids stop bickering and complaining and instead to be joyful. Talk about the Joyfield Journal. Yeah, I think it was an exercise that my girls and I were talking, and sometimes, even with boys, you can only go so, so far with the discussion. Yeah. You know, so we were talking about the difference between joy and happiness, and then there really is a difference. You can be happy with just fleeting things, you know, a sunrise can make you happy, or a friend at school can make you happy, but some of those things are fleeting. So as Christians, shouldn't we be the happiest people walking around the earth? You know, we have eternity. Without a doubt. You know, we you need to probably stop freaking out, is what I think. You know, we've got some things that are pretty secure in our world. So as we thought about an activity for families, I thought, what if we did a field journal, just like scientists would really study people. And so let's just start making notes as a family and start looking who's happy. You know, is the person at Publix doing our groceries, are they happy or are they joyful? And how do we know the difference? So my girls are little, they're six and eight. And so we started drawing people in our journal and they wrote different things, you know, sunshine. And they wrote, um, they look like sunshine. And they started writing names of people that they thought were truly joyful. And they brought up my mom, which I would totally agree with. She's got Jesus just shining out of her pores. Um, then they wrote something pretty interesting. My little one who's six, she put the words you, Y-O-U, in both of the hands of the stick figure. And I said, why did you do that, Larson? And they said, she said, because she's thinking of others. And I thought, oh, whoa, how <laughs> 
profound for a six-year-old to think. She's catching it. Yeah. A joyful person is not thinking about themselves. They're thinking of others. And so I think that exercise is just saying, instead of just lecturing them, how do we take an activity? Um, and it's almost like sneaking carrots into brownies. It's like, don't tell them. They're about to get a virtue <laughs> lesson. Don't tell no, me wait you a minute. do that. Yeah. Wait a minute. I no, want to no. know, did <laughs> you make the field journal? You know, I have to look back. That's so funny. <laughs> Whoops. I hope so. Yeah. yeah that's well, awesome. it's, a good, yeah. it's a good gut check. And... I think well, they yeah. put themselves in there. Me. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. joyful. I'm joyful. Well, I, I know so. there's going to be a mom listening today, and she just got done refereeing the greatest, you know, WWF battle between right. her three children, and mm-hmm. she's listening to this broadcast, and they don't want to share. They don't have joy. What can she do right now in this moment to bring joy back into that situation? Yeah, and you know, the temperaments, where I think we're going to get there, but everybody's got a different vibe in their home. And I have been accused of being Pollyanna. So the person, what I would do is a little bit different than what my sister would do. And we are just different mobs. And so I may break into a song or literally have a dance party. And I'm a queen of distraction, you know, turn on the most ridiculous song and start dancing to distract them out of it. Um, or just change the scenery. We change the scene a lot. You know, if it's a, a major situation that needs to be dealt with, I don't, you know, if they need to be disciplined, we would sit down and they would apologize and we would deal with it. But if it's something that's like, hey, they just need to get out of the house and go run the lap or just get out and just distract them, we will do that too. Um, I have shocked one of my children out of a tantrum, which is singing, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And she, because I sing um, terribly, she was shocked that I just started singing in the midst of her tantrum. But I think it was just so shocking that mom, I'm having a fit here about my socks and why are you singing? So it, it really yeah, shut her down. Yeah, it shut her down. But I think there, it's not always the thing. You do need to handle the situations with correction, of course. Um, But changing the scene is one of our go-to situations for sure. And you mentioned the temperament side because I think, you know, oftentimes as couples, married couples, opposites attract typically. Mm -hmm. I know uh, that isn't always the case. Absolutely. Um, What if it's not your natural bent? What are those things you can do? Do you have to schedule it? Do you have to be that disciplined to say, okay, from three to four, we're going to have joy. Yeah. And we're going to do it this way. What do you do if you're not naturally given to bursting into a song when your kid's throwing a tantrum. That's not normal, by the way, Courtney. I know, I know. And I think... I love it. I'm so glad you brought this up because I think the comparison game is one of the biggest problems right now in motherhood. And How does it play out? Social media has only worsened our situation. We've given us more exposure and more tools than ever before, but it's just highlighted the best of everybody's world. And I'll give you an example. My sister and I are dear friends and close, but we could not be more different. She has two boys. I have two girls. And she would rather have about two friends and two things to do in a day and be quiet and not do much in a day. I'll have 90 things to do and 90 friends. And and so what she does with my book and my ideas, and she goes through patience, or maybe she's looking at generosity. She uses it as a resource. If she needs an idea or inspiration, she will look at it as she needs it, but she is not using it as a handbook, and she will not pick it up and do 100 ideas. She may try one, and she thinks about her boys, her plate, her giftings, and she's just mature in her faith and is not getting rocked, and she doesn't stay on social media. I'm so proud of her. Well, that's part of it. Maybe there's not a one-size-fits-all. You're trying to give people tools to um, accommodate or to customize Mm -hmm. so that they can use them in your home.
kind of like how Courtney likes to shock her kids out of a tantrum by singing and dancing. And Danny, that may not be every parent's style or approach. What are some other ways to teach our kids not to whine and complain? Well, just help them understand what they are really wanting. You know, have them stop and go to the rational side of their brain. What, what are you really wanting? And sometimes it's helping them take their own timeouts and stepping away as a parent. Whining and complaining is what triggers us as parents to go to our lower levels of parenting. Absolutely guilty (laughs) Our emotions get triggered. Our patience is is really challenged. And so we have to recognize how we're responding. And our role as parents is to teach our kids how to handle something that they're wanting, how to make the request a successful one. Because sometimes we give in to the whining and complaining, and so the child is essentially learning I can get what I want through the whining and complaining. Oh, so golly, you're training yes. them. To They're do so that sophisticated to you. at this. <laughs> yes. And it's almost like they take turns on wearing us down. Right. Yeah, they just tag team. Hey, your turn. You get yeah. to, to wear mom yes. or dad down. And the whining and complaining is a normal thing. Uh, there are adult ways that we do that as well, uh, sometimes through social media or other places. Mm. And so we have to be just be very aware of the fact that our kids haven't learned how to navigate and manage emotions, certain emotions, and, and how to communicate uh, things that they're really strongly wanting and almost feel like a need. Uh, so as a parent, again, another opportunity there to step in, calm down, take a deep breath, and help your child be successful at asking for something and also learning how to handle the word no. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that, I'm sure, in a future episode. For now, go ahead and look for Courtney DeFeo's book, which has a lot of fun activities to help uh, teach your kids about joy and gratitude. The book is called In This House We Will Giggle, and we're making that available as our thank you gift when you make a generous donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today. And then uh, we have a great parenting site. Danny and his team make all sorts of uh, great content available to you there. A starting place may be our free parenting assessment, which helps you understand what you're doing well and uh, gives some ideas on habits that you could maybe incorporate as improvement points for your parenting. And you'll find all the details for that assessment and other resources in the episode notes. Next time, we'll discuss some fun ways to teach your children patience. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm.